Hey guys, welcome to the Pop Quarantine Podcast, where we talk about pop culture and how it's been impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. My name is Justin. I'll be your host for this episode. Today we're going to be talking about music festivals. The Washington Post recently published a piece this past July, just after Rolling Loud, that talked about how music festivals are coming back just in time for the Delta variant. According to the data referenced in this piece, the most recent seven-day average for the new daily cases in the U.S. had just jumped to about 57%. But despite these numbers, festivals have continued to take place across the country, such as Lollapalooza in Chicago and The Hive here in Salt Lake City, as people have grown restless in quarantine and music artists aim to make up for lost revenue. We had Kate sit down with Noah, who's going to shed some light on how these popular events were influenced over the course of this pandemic. Me and Noah sat down at my breakfast room table and cracked open a beer. Noah Gayfield is 31 years old and works at Skull Candy as an account executive. He was born and raised in Boise, Idaho, but has lived in Salt Lake City for the past 15 years. Noah and I met about five months ago during ski season through mutual friends, and since then have gone to shows, bars, and more together. As Noah would say, all gas, no breaks. Hello, Noah. Hello. Okay, so... First things first, how long have you been going to music festivals? I think my first music festival was in 2010, Mm -hmm. so 11 years of of getting it. How old were you? At the time I was 19, I think, 19 or 20. Do you remember Uh, which one it was? Yeah, it was Sasquatch Music Festival, which is uh, just south of Seattle, at the Gorge Amphitheater. Oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. I know where that is. George Washington. That That's like the city that it's oh, called, yeah. yeah. Um, so what made you start getting into, you know, EDM, music festivals, that whole atmosphere? Well, the first one, the first few I went to weren't EDM really at all. It was like the Foo Fighters, Tenacious D, a bunch of just uh, bands with some EDM kind of mixed in there. The first one I went, the, one, the reason I went to the first one is my friends were leaving the next day. A ticket opened up. They asked if I wanted to go. I said yes. So it was a spur of the moment trip. I was feeling spontaneous and I went. And then after that first one, I had such a good time that I felt like I had to keep going. So I went back the second year to the same music festival, went back to Sasquatch. And from then it was pretty much just all gas. No <laughs> breaks. No breaks. You know? Putting that um, on your tombstone. Yeah. They're too fun. After, like, after my first couple of years, I realized how fun they could be. And it felt weird. You know, like, it's just, anytime my friends were going, it's something I didn't want to miss. You know? Gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. This next segment will go into Noah's experience going to music festivals since they started reopening in the middle of the current pandemic now that vaccines are widely available and how the atmosphere has changed in any way since before the pandemic originally began last year. Um, so the one that I wanted to specifically talk to you about is DOS Energy because um, I know that you went pre and post quarantine 
And so I wanted to hear a little bit about your experience before quarantine first to see like, like, was it any different? What do you think that there were any rules implemented that weren't necessary? Like, what what were you, what was your number one, like, big difference in between DOS before and after? Because it's a big music festival. It is. It's pretty big. I mean, relatively speaking, I mean, it's small, but for Utah, it's fairly big. There's still a lot of people that go. Um, I mean, so I, I have gone to DOS, but it's been years since I went, right? It's been probably five years in between shows. The biggest difference is always just, like, the size. It gets bigger and bigger every year. Um, and I wouldn't necessarily say there's any new, new rules that were put into place for this last one that changed it a whole lot, you know? Um, it's more spread out than it once was, but that's more the, a factor of the increase in the popularity of what DOS is and just, you know, the increase of the festival overall. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't really think of anything else crazy. Like, I don't think they made a show any proof of vaccination or, or a negative test. Like, I went to one just recently, but actually they, they had to, that was part of the, to get in, that made it show both every day you went, had to prove that you weren't uh, either vaccinated or contagious. But DOS, specifically, I don't think there's anything new that I can think of that was, you know, a new rule because of COVID. So, like, you mentioned that you went to a new music festival, mm -hmm. like, recently that did have some changes when it came to COVID protocol. And do you think that that, like, influenced the time that you had there? Do you think that it changed anything? No, not really. No? I mean, it added a... The only really change I could think of was, you know, it made it more difficult to get into the festival because, you know, there's already, there are already security checkpoints to get in. And now there's another checkpoint to go through where they're checking, you know, everybody's vaccination card or whatever proof they have of not having it. So it made it a little bit more inconvenient getting in. But then once you're inside, there was no, no, there was no change once you're inside. So, I mean, I think it was good. I mean, I think it, it alleviates a lot of fears that people might have regarding, you know, going to a show. If they think that, you know, either people are getting tested or are already vaccinated, I think it, you know, lets people enjoy themselves more as opposed to just running the risk of not knowing what is out there in the crowd. Does it, did it change your, like, did you have any fears regarding it or were you like, Hey, it's been a year, it's been a year and a half. I just really want to get back and go to some <laughs> festivals. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know it didn't change it for me. I was going to go regardless. I mean, I got vaccinated super early back in April. So, you know, it's been so long that I've kind of just, it's, I feel like it's part of life at this point. Um, and I was never necessarily like super worried about myself getting it, you know, around all those people. It's like I didn't go to that festival and go immediately go and like hang out with my, my family back in, you know, back home necessarily. But so for me, it didn't really change anything. I think it was good. You know, I think I think it's something that they need to put in place. But I was going to be there either way. You know, yeah, it's been I mean, this year I'm going to three, three music festivals just this year. So it's not really been a deterrent for me anyway. And you're traveling, like, mm -hmm. for all these music mm -hmm. festivals. First one was DOS. Second one was in Chicago. And then in about a month, I'm going to San Francisco for another one. So Here, Noah and Kate will go into detail describing the differences in how COVID protocols are handled between different music festivals between states. Since different states lean more one way or the other politically and culturally, some might be stricter in how they handle mask mandates or the number of people allowed at a festival, for example. This next segment, Noah explains his feelings on the matter. I think that'll be a difference, you know, going to, um, you know, pretty, pretty 
liberal state. It's yeah. Uh, I think that one will be. They'll probably be more intense about certain things. You know, California in general has been you know more strict about everything than Salt Lake is for sure. Um, even Chicago is a little more strict than Salt Lake, but not nearly as intense as California is. So I think it'll be the same as going to North Coast, which is the last one I went to, where they're going to probably check everybody before going in. But I think once in the festival, they're not going to make anybody like, wear masks or you know, do anything like that. Do you think that, you know, if they were to implement something like that, where it's a mask mandate when you're at the festival, do you think that would change the atmosphere of the festival completely? Uh, 100%, 100%. Why? You know, I mean, I don't know if I could go for multiple days at a festival trying to drum myself. It's from outdoors wearing a mask the whole time. You know, and you're like, you know, while you're doing all these things, you're drinking, you're like hanging out, you're not just like, it's be tough to enforce it for 50,000 people. Like, I don't know how they're going to walk around and try to enforce that the whole time. If they're going to hand out like tickets for not wearing it, then I definitely 100% wouldn't do it. If there's people just walking around trying to remind you, then yeah, maybe that would work because that's still pretty minor in the end, you know, mm -hmm. but um, either way, I mean, if I was like required to wear a mask the whole time, I probably, you know, wouldn't go. I think it would really detract from the overall fun that you could have otherwise. But is that, is that safe? Like, I, I mean, I can say that when I was in quarantine with my family mm -hmm. and I wanted to go out and I wanted to see a concert, I would have to test positive before I could come home and see them again. Test negative? I mean, yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> I would <laughs> I have to make sure that I had it. Before <laughs> make I was sure I gave it to them. Yeah. No, I'd have to make sure that I tested negative before I could come home again. Mm -hmm. And so, like, do you think that people are necessarily being safe? Because, I mean, COVID isn't over. You know, do you think that, you know, going out, putting yourself in these possibly very bad situations, like think about Lollapalooza, that just happened and yeah, it was a huge, huge spreader event. Do you think that we're jumping into it too quickly? Do you think that it's, you know, unsafe? I mean, no, it's definitely not safe by any means, because even if you are like you get even if you're vaccinated, because just because I prove that I'm vaccinated doesn't mean I can be asymptomatic or, you know, still be able to spread it. But at the same time, I mean, that's there's the like, same question of, you know, bars are open at full max again. Sports events are back, back open at full max. I mean, it's hard to, I mean, yeah, is it safe? No, it's not. But at this point, it's a question of, do we need to shut down everything again uh, to, to keep everyone safe? Like, the only way to, to be 100% safe is to close all that shit again, you know, like, you know, all restaurants, everything, because everything is pretty much trying to operate like it was before. But is it safe? 100% no. I mean, at this festival, it's 50,000 people, as I said, probably, you know, all squeezed into, you know, shoulder to shoulder, no masks on, everyone is out there getting it. So it's, I guess it's a question of, you know, what's your risk, what's your risk tolerance to go to something like this? And then are you going to be exposing people that you think are at risk as well? So, I mean... I mean, that's the whole problem with just being out in public in the state. It's the same thing as if you walk on the street, you also run the risk. So, I don't know. Are we opening up too fast? Potentially. You know, I mean, we definitely are. That you see there's been cases are still on the rise. But what are you going to do? You know, yeah. it's like, you're gonna, if you try to take it away from people again, I mean, people are going to be pretty upset. You know, so. So your saying. risk to reward ratio is that you are willing to risk it because you think it's worth it? Uh, so my risk to reward ratio for me it's like yeah like I don't feel like I'm super at risk I, like I said I got vaccinated super early on like as soon as they opened it up to people in our age demographic I got it and also like 
my whole family is also vaccinated, but they're also in Boise, so I don't ever see them. Like and I, when I do, I see my mom every once in a while. She comes down here, but you know, I don't feel like I'm around people that are at risk myself, right? So, I mean, the risk reward, but and it's it's also um, since the world is if it's out there and it's available, I'm gonna probably go to it, right? I mean, the risk just living our lives at this point is pretty pretty high. You know, the risk is already out there. Is this a higher risk? Yes. That's why I say, like I said, if not, as long as I don't feel like I'm putting people that are at risk in danger, then I feel semi-better about it, I guess. And uh, it's a very politically charged question, really, you know? <laughs> no, I don't mean it to no, sound I'm, like yeah, that. No, yeah, but I'm saying it is in a way, I'm right? saying, and, like, yeah, I mean, it, it is, but at the same time, it's... I mean, we can talk about, like, how I think about it. It's your body, your choice. Like, if you want to put yourself in that situation, I mean, yeah. I'll talk about it. I went to DOS. Like, mm -hmm. I'm putting myself in that situation. I went to a concert a weekend for three months. Like, I'm I'm on your same yeah. page because, like, I surround myself with people that are vaccinated or they're getting tested or things like that. And I don't find that there's really much of a... It is your body, issue. your choice, but then that's the whole problem with the spreadability of this thing is, like, you know, like... It's your body choice, whether I get it or not, I'm not really concerned about myself getting it, but then you're, you know, potentially going into, you know, going to work, go to the store, go live your life, and, you yeah. know, you're still, like, so you're putting other body, other bodies in your choice as well, so yeah. that's why it's a very, it's a tough thing to say, like, yeah, I'm still going to go, like I said, I've been going to, I'm going, going to three music festivals this year, and I've been going to a bunch of concerts, kind of for the same reason where I was, couldn't do it for so long, but now I'm really kind of just, just blown itching blown to go. It, blown it yeah. all again. So you think that if they were to like put in a place like or put in place like just you have to wear a mask if you're going to go to one of these things, it might as well go back to when quarantine was in full effect and just not even have them until you could go back to a different place. Because like now we're talking about you know concerts versus festivals yeah. versus the whole thing. For me, it's I mean like I've I've been to I'm a down to go to concerts if I still have to wear a mask because it's indoors, it's a small venue, I get that. But, you know, when it's outdoors at a music festival and it's multi-day and you're in the sun and I'm wearing a mask, then I think, you know, I still would go to, I would still go to a concert wearing a mask, but I don't think I go to a multi-day outdoor music festival wearing a mask just because there's just so much more that goes into that. And, you know, like, like I said, the, out in the sun for hours, 12 hours of the day, am I going to wear a mask for an entire day, you know, through the sun and into the night, you know, and all the things that, that go along with that. I don't know. I, I guess when I say no, I'm not going to go, no. But I would definitely think a lot harder about it than I would otherwise. Here we'll hear them talk about the general vibe festival goers, at least in Noah's experience, have felt about the whole scene in response to the pandemic. Do you have any friends that you have been like festival goers with you in the past that have kind of stepped back from that... Um, atmosphere because of covid because um, you're pretty like in tight quarters that whole thing yeah no not really um at least not now because now we're far enough into it that you know early on i had some friends that weren't going to shows with me or definitely wouldn't have gone to a festival like you know when they first started rolling out which is like earlier this year i had some friends that were still pretty hesitant towards it but at this point you know a year and a half into it i think all my friends are just they but a lot of, yeah, I think there's there's just like way more of a desire than there once was because it was taken away from them and now it's back. And we're so far into it at this point. And all my friends are now vaccinated, so I think once the vaccinations vaccinations started running out, run it, rolling out, you know, it took a lot of the fear away from a lot of my friends at least, you know. Gotcha. So 
I, I can't think of anyone like super close to me that I've been going to shows with that would be against going to a festival right now. Gotcha. I think. Okay, so then kind of moving on from that in the future, you know, I mean, that's kind of just, you know, your opinion, your hypothetical. Of course. But in the future, do you think that there are going to be things that are put in place that are going to change the way, like, are there always going to be checkpoints put in place or are things going to seemingly, I mean, you said that the festivals seem to be pretty much the same as you can remember. But do you think that there are going to be other things put in place, like maybe less um, people or something like that? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely something that I think would be kind of similar to, you know, this last ski season. We're trying to limit how many tickets are out there, how many people are at the, at the venue and per day. I can see that happening soon. I mean, right now they're going full blast, you know, like maxing out every show that I'm going to. But I could definitely see if things continue. Here we'll hear their take on the issue of promoters and artists' desire to make up for lost revenue over the last year and a half, while still dealing with rampant increases of cases. Why do you, you know, think like they're the, maxing out every show that you're going to? Um, well, one, I mean, that's what the best, the general goal of any festival is, you know, to like get as many people in there. And now, you know, people went so long without, well, boy, fans went so long without being able to go to shows, but also all the music venues and all the promoters. And all the artists, they went so long without any kind of like, you know, um, you know, chance of getting revenue for that entire time. So now they're trying to recoup a lot of what I think they've lost. But I think, you know, if cases are ramping up again and we go back into a more stricter lockdown, then I think there will be like, you know, instead of having 50,000 people this last one I was at, they might try to cut it down to 10 or less or, you know, depending on the venue and depending on the festival. So I could definitely see that happening in the near future, if unless things turn a corner and we go back the other way. Here, Kate's going to ask Noah his thoughts on the shape of the festival industry going forward. Whether he sees the existing venues getting any bigger, or if he feels smaller, more intimate festivals will become the norm as time goes on. Kind of going off of that, like, my, my first music festival I ever went to, Snow Globe, I was trying to look up to see about tickets for this coming year. And it turns out they just completely shut down the entire music festival. It's just no longer a thing. Do you think that there's going to be a kind of change of the big music festivals get bigger? Or do you think that there's going to continue to be smaller music festivals throughout the country? Or there's going to be a couple that just monopolize the whole thing? No, I mean, what's happening, especially this year, what I've seen is that like now that as soon as they let people start doing shows and festivals again... All these festivals that I've never heard of started blowing up. Like every single weekend, if you want to, you could find a festival in different parts of the country. So I think it's going the opposite way. Instead of like, you know, it's not that the big festivals are getting any smaller. It's just that everyone knows. I mean, everyone loves festivals. It's getting more and more popular in our culture or society, I guess. And so like, if anything, it's going the opposite way. I think it's going to be even more and more smaller ones. Like there used to be bananas out here or like, like stuff similar to DOS. I feel like a lot of those are going to be popping up, especially because, you know, those are easier to limit the, the people that are, the, the amount of people going as opposed to like a Coachella has like 100,000 people a day or, you know, um, Ultra, which is like around the same, you know, people like that, same amount of fans coming in. I think there'll be even more smaller ones as opposed to the bigger ones getting bigger. Do you think the bigger ones are going to get smaller too and just be more exclusive? Um, I can't see them getting any smaller, you know. I think, I mean, they'll, they'll probably, at a, certain, at a certain time, like Coachella, which I went to back in uh, 2018, I think, it can't really get much bigger than it already is. 
there's a catalog of just overall just real estate that they can they can like have they can fit a bunch of people into. So I think the the only thing that's going to stop them is just how big they can actually get like real estate wise. I don't think those are going to be like any of those things are getting any smaller because there's too much money that's involved in it. Too many people are so hyped on it. You know, for them to I mean, the only thing I would ever cut them back would be a, a boom in cases and COVID cases. That's like, there's no reason, yeah. There's no other than that. There's no reason for them to ever cut back. You know, it just gets yeah. more and more money every year, more and more hype every year, more and more people want to go every year. So, I don't know. I can't see them going any smaller than they already are. So, like music festivals are pretty, um, like the smaller ones and things like that are pretty much gone to by people that love to go to music festivals, like festival goers. Mm-hmm. Do you think that they're is going to be an influx in people that are going to start trying to go out and join those kinds of groups and things like that um, because of the fact that we've been isolated for so long. Yes, I do. I mean, I've already, I think I've already kind of seen some of that already, but I mean, taking, you know, such a long hiatus from being able to do anything, you know, no events, not even just music festival, but just no events at all. You know, no concerts, no small events. Now, like, that's why I was saying there's so many more festivals this year that I've ever even heard of. Or, like, I, I follow uh, one of my favorite artists, Grizz. I, see, I follow him on Instagram, but every single week he's playing somewhere else, you know? Um, I'll run the country just because everyone is so antsy just to get out and do anything. For this final segment, Kate discusses with Noah his justification for why he's ultimately willing to take the risk of going out to music festivals despite the ongoing pandemic. Here he explains why he feels he's at a level of comfortability regarding the whole ordeal. But, I mean, at the same time, then you are, like, you know, you're still going to be out there in the world living, so, you know. But like I said, it's not just these things that are happening. I mean, like I said, you know, I've also went to a baseball game recently, and that was fully packed. Yeah. Bars. Football are, games. Football games. Have you seen the college yeah. football stadiums? <laughs> yeah, They're packed to the fully brim. Packed, seen, like, even the BYU-Utah game. There yeah. was not an empty seat in that stadium, and then they stormed the field. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, that so, is... That's what, I guess, what my head's at, where it's like, if we're already, if there's that many people already doing that, you know, am I, I, I don't want to, like, you know, limit myself, because there's already so many contaminants out there, and so many people, that it's, it's going to get spread regardless, I yeah. guess, right? So, I'm going to... I'm going to go, I guess, be a part of it. But, there you go. And, you know, like I said, like my risk reward, I think, is like, or is, I have, like, I have a good grasp on my ratio, you know. The, the reward is great. My risk to myself is low, and I'm not, not, like, I'm not putting anybody that I am super close to at risk as well. So Yeah, because also you go to music festivals with people you meet there. Like, that's, that's your community. That's who you know there. That's the part of the culture of it is that you meet these people and they're the people that you see and you hang out with when you're there and that might be the only time you see each other in a whole Mm -hmm. year and so that also is probably I mean you can answer this is that part of the whole reason why you go to some of these uh yeah I mean I mean Nighthawk for example that's not a music festival but it's pretty much very like, so, close to I'm it. going to this festival called Outside Lands in San Francisco in uh, like Halloween time I'm going there with people that I met at that festival in 2018 and I like I see them there are people that they are all in Seattle I see them once a year but you know it's, it's, a, it's a good like there's a, a lot of the festival I go to is like to reconnect with people that I've you know like your festival family in a way so I mean that's another thing where it's like 
these are like the only occasions when I get to, you know, do certain things, see certain people, and, you know, live that life for a little bit. So it's hard to turn that down, you know, with the threat of COVID out there because, I mean, like I said, the threat's already there, so. And also, yeah. like, like a music festival is kind of like an escape from your real life for a weekend. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, you get to see this family that you haven't seen and not have to worry about real life shit, like, that's going on right now. Oh, yeah. So, like. It's a big draw for it, honestly. It's like a full, just, just fully turn off for the weekend, be only concerned about who's playing next and what stage you got to go to. Uh, you know, like... Good vibes. Find those fucking vibes. <laughs> that's the <laughs> best part about it. You know, that's, uh, it's, you know, it's a whole different... That's a whole nice, you, The vibes you're only going to find in this one location. So it's like, you know, how are you going to not chase that down? You know? So that's been one of the biggest draws to a festival. Is just a full switch up from your daily life. And to really just turn off for a weekend, you know? That's a pretty big uh, upside to that. Okay, and last question. What else you got? <laughs> What's your favorite music festival? That's uh, pretty tough to say. Um, if I had to choose one, I would probably go with Electric Forest. Oh, that's a good, that one. A good one. I mean, I've only seen pictures, but I really want to. So go. I've been to I've been to every kind of festival. I went to three years of a festival that's on a on a cruise. Like you leave, you're on a, you're on a, you're on a cruise ship for three days or four days, and the music never stops. You take off from Miami, you go down to the Bahamas and back, and the music never stops. You're supposed to get off the boat, but two of the years, the water was too rough, so we just sailed through the ocean, just raving for, you know, four days in a row. So I've been to that kind of festival. I've been to, like, you know, a folky festival. I've been to a country music festival twice, which I don't even You? Like. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> two times, two different years. You know, 2012 and 2016. I've been to, like, a folk festival. I've been to pretty much everything. So it's kind of hard. It's like, depends on what you're looking for. But if I had to choose an all-over vibe, I'd say Electric Forest. Because it's not really just about the music. It's about, you can just go hang out in the forest. There's adventures you can go on. There's like a four-day scavenger hunt that you can, and then leads you to a, like a speakeasy that almost no one finds. You can walk for 20 miles a day like I did and not even see the whole, the whole setup. So that's my favorite, I think. Wow. Yeah. Which is hard to tell. I mean, like I said, I've been probably like 15, 20 festivals. And so it's hard to really pick my favorite, but I think that's, that's if I had to choose one, I think that's Damn. the one. Okay, thanks, Noah. You're welcome. <laughs> we want to thank Noah once again for giving us his insightful thoughts on music festivals and the impact that the COVID-19 pandemic has had on them over the last year and a half. And thank you guys for listening to our podcast, Pop Quarantine. Be sure to tune in next time, where we'll be talking about public libraries and how they have been impacted as major resources for those who have limited access. Until then... I'm Justin, signing out. See you guys next time.